Hello, I'm Simon Thompson, Chief Executive of the Chartered Banker Institute, and I'm here today in Dubai at COP28, the UN Climate Summit, with Elisa Moskalin. Elisa is Executive Vice President of Sustainability at SAGE, the Global Accounting Software Group, but I hope our members and fellows will know Elisa's real job, real passion, though, is as one of our trustees at the Chartered Banker Institute, where she's been an amazing source of advice, expertise, wisdom, guidance, and inspiration to me and my colleagues over the past three years or so. So, hi, Elisa. Welcome to the aspiration, inspiration, and a lot of perspiration. It's pretty hot <laughs> here in Dubai today. That is COP28 in the UAE. So, tell us, when, when, when did you get here? What have you been up to? What are your impressions of COP28 so far? Hello, Simon. It's lovely to see you here. We're usually meeting in uh, cooler places, yeah. so um, it, it's very nice to enjoy some uh, sunshine. Uh, so I arrived, uh, when, we ar- when did I arrive? Oh my God, it feels like uh, a year ago, but no, it's been uh, just a few days. Uh, but we've been very, very busy. Uh, we're here uh, at COP uh, to launch an important report. We've been working with some partners, uh, the International Chamber of Commerce, some friends from PwC, uh, around what is the role of small-medium businesses to achieve net zero. And I'm here on a mission, Simon, which is bringing the voice of small-medium businesses uh, uh, around the table. Uh, I, I think we will not achieve net zero without them, and we don't talk enough about it. Well, the great majority of businesses around the world are small and medium-sized businesses. We forget that even in developed countries, that's true, let alone developing an emerging world. Um, but what, what can banks and bankers be doing to help with this as well? Well, it's very interesting. So we've done a research. Uh, the findings are, I would say, a bit surprising. Uh, I thought we would, when we would be talking to small medium businesses about sustainability, the answer would be, sustainability what? Instead, about 83% of them told us sustainability is important. And that's globally. And that's globally, yeah. We talked uh, with uh, about 16,000 small, medium businesses globally. Um, but what also uh, you know, interesting is that only less than 8% of them report. And you know what are the two barriers that they face? Well, the first one is complexity of the regulatory framework, the reporting frameworks. But the second biggest barrier really is access to cash, access to capital, for them to even engage with the conversation on sustainability. Reporting is not an easy uh, thing. Uh, and, and the third barrier is skills. And that's why I'm really happy that I'm here with you today, because uh, I think that the Chartered Banker Institute is really working hard to address two of those very, very uh, important challenges. We are, I, I do find it strange that you know, we have at COP and around COP lots of very impressive pledges and commitments from financial institutions about deploying capital to support sustainability, including supporting SMEs. But we always have this issue, we hear from SMEs, we can't get access to this financing. So, so what's really going on here? You know, is, is the finance available and we're just, the SMEs just aren't able to engage with banks effectively? I think the problem is data. Um, as you know, uh, I, uh, I've worked in banking before and now I work for a software company. And one of the reasons why I went into software is that one of my frustrations when I was working in the financial services is, is that for as much as we wanted to deploy finance, it was very hard to be able to follow the money and create facilities that we can trust will be used for green purposes. 
And that's a headache that many uh, banks face. With all good intention, how can I guarantee that the loan I'm giving at a preferential rate is going to use to buy an electric vehicle as opposed to diesel cars? So I think that at the heart of the problem as well as the solution is that the ability of small medium businesses to report in an easy uh, and effective way that builds trust into the system and therefore uh, enables them to access that capital. And that requires then that the, the, the people working within banks, at all, at all levels within banks, whether uh, particularly relationship managers or other supporting sort of SMEs and people in the back office looking at credits, applications, the product designers and things, um, everyone needs to be aware of sustainability but also aware of the needs of SMEs and how to support them. So you need this blend of, sort of traditional banking skills but with a sustainability lens and awareness applied to it, I think. A hundred percent. So I think one of the biggest challenges uh, um, is skills, right? Because at the end you need uh, you need everyone working within the system to support small medium businesses. We can't accept when, when you run a small medium business in the morning, you're uh, the chief people officers. In the afternoon, you're the chief risk officer. And very likely in the evening, you are downloading your, uh, your truck. So- Sounds like my job at the Institute, to be honest. <laughs> but we can't, uh, whereas we can ask uh, you, Simon, to be also the chief sustainability officer. We cannot ask a small medium businesses to also become that chief sustainability officer. And that's why it's so important that then we, when they go to their financial institution, when they go to a bank, they can find in them a trusted advisor that supports them in the journey, that makes sustainability relevant for them. But also, bankers need the data. And, and I'm very sympathetic, having worked in banks before, with the challenging uh, challenges of mobilizing capital um, without any data underlying that you can trust. Um, so I think that as always, and I know this is uh, overused, but it does need uh, collective action. It needs all the parties to understand sustainability. It needs technology solutions that can alleviate the burden of reporting from small medium businesses. And, and indeed, uh, you know, with Sage, we're working with a number of banks, including NatWest, uh, to try and really do that. It will require an, an effort from all these stakeholders for us to find a solution that really works and can unlock that capital. The capital is there. I attended a number of events here when people kept saying the capital is there, but we don't know how to mobilize it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very true. And we've been hearing that for too many years as well, haven't we? So on, on, the, on the broader perspective, then, and uh, again, our members may not know, but um, you know, you've been working in sustainability for, for a long time, not just in accounting, not just in banking, uh, but in Africa before that with mobile telecoms and, and other areas too. So you've been following COP, you've been following progress for, for, for many years. So what's your kind of general assessment of, of COP28? Um, are we making some of the progress we need? What are some of the, the big highlights uh, that stand out for you? I must say, like everyone else, uh, I approached this COP with uh, a good dose of scepticism and it was really hard not to when one re- reads the, the headlines. But I must say, it has been a very pleasant surprise. Uh, the pledges uh, around uh, renewable capital, but also, despite the latest polemic around, uh, uh, around uh, the presidency uh, declaration around science, the commitment to have a discussion around fossil fuel, phasing down, phasing out, 
I think it's positive. And I, I, I was actually mentioning I had another interview where I was asked, you know, does COP even make sense? You know, should we even, shouldn't we boycott? There were discussion earlier in this year, you may remember, about boycotting this COP. But I fundamentally believe that uh, we do need everyone around the table here. And even more so... Uh, the fossil fuel and, and uh, industry. So I'm hopeful I, and I really would like to see this COP succeed because I think it sends a very strong message also to, uh, to the South. I think that's one of... Um, unfortunately, climate change in, is not just. Uh, it will affect the, the most vulnerable. It will affect the South more than it will affect others. And, and we know this, right? So it is crucial that uh, we have an inclusive... Uh, COP, that we have inclusive conversation and we bring all the voices around the table, also the ones that we may not like. That's very true, but I'm, I'm certainly heartened by the fact it does seem to be a much more inclusive COP as well as we've seen. We are hearing from some of those voices that uh, are quite rightly challenging us about the justice of the climate transition. Um, I think the announcement of the, the loss and damage fund that's now been set up, which is a legacy really of, of COP26 in, in Glasgow, is something that, uh, that we can all celebrate as are some of the big financing commitments from some of the banks sort of in the region, which I'm delighted to say the Institute will be sort of supporting with uh, sort of training and education too to help them successfully deploy that capital. Um, but yeah, well, thanks, Lisa, for, for a great conversation, for an insight into, into COP28. Um, it's been great to uh, be able to explore that with you. Enjoy the rest of your, your stay in Dubai, and we'll see each other in London pretty soon. Yes, we will. <laughs> Thank you so much, Simon. Okay. Bye-bye.